welcome to the Biopractica podcast series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to empowering healthcare professionals, developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Well, welcome everyone and thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Roberta Barbulini and I'm the Technical Manager here at Biopractica. I'm joined today by Danielle Elliott. Now, Danielle is a naturopath, a herbalist, a nutritionist with a special interest in digestive complaints. She's been in clinical practice for 14 years now and began specialising in gut health almost a decade ago. Now, since then, Danielle has published a book entitled Gluten-Free and Happy, which helps educate patients with celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity about how to optimise their digestive health and overall well-being. Now, Danielle also does a lot of work with patients with SIBO and other functional digestive disorders, and she also runs a group called Tummy Rescue, which is an awesome online community for patients with gastrointestinal disease. Now, thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Roberta. And maybe to start with, can I just ask you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and why you chose to specialise in gastrointestinal disease? Of course, no problems. Um, Well, when my husband was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and um, then maybe four years later with celiac disease, it really prompted me into looking into all aspects of gut health and research Um, and I just fell in love with this area. I always loved the gut and I think, you know, all those drawings of the gut, they just really, they're beautiful to me. Like I just, I have a real passion for the gut. Um, did so much research into, you know, how celiac disease develops um, and then decided to write my book, which did take a couple of years to actually sit down, put all the information together and then self-publish it. And I just feel like as we all, like all naturopaths work in the area of gut health because we know that gut is where all disease can begin Um, And so it is essential for all of us to work in this area. Um, But as I started talking more about celiac disease and how it is um, underdiagnosed and how important it is to actually screen people even before coming off or going onto a gluten-free diet um, and then talking about IBS, uh, I just started digging more and more into it and just trying to help people you know, completely recover from these issues. Um, There was more research coming out, which I'm very lucky that, you know, this is the era of gut health research because you could almost study all day, every day, this stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that whole term. It's like, this is the era of the gut. I love it. it. (laughs) (laughs) And I must say, Danielle, that obviously, you know, I've known you for a few years and I remember first reading your book, The Gluten-Free and Happy, many, many years ago. And I'm just wondering if practitioners are interested in in recommending this this resource for the patients, where, where can they actually get hold of it? Yeah, so they can send their patients to my website and um, there is a page, a shop page there which only has my book on it um, and patient, their patient can order the book and it will be posted out to them directly and there's also some resources that I can then email their patients as well for shopping 
and eating out in Adelaide, not that we can, you know, really take advantage of that part today. Um, but hopefully again, you know, that will all come back. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to support their patients with those actual resources about shopping, ingredients, um, how to travel. Um, there's a whole section on kids and teens because they are, you know, you need to treat them differently when they've been diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, so, yeah, they can definitely make take advantage of that resource. That's fantastic because I think for a lot of patients, when they do get a diagnosis of celiac disease or even if they come to determine that they've got like a non-celiac gluten sensitivity, I know some of my patients over the years, they're just lost. They don't even know where to start. It's huge. And even, you know, with me being a naturopath so for so many years before my husband was diagnosed, um, I knew what gluten-free was, but to actually manage um, celiac disease, it's like next level from just doing gluten-free and you do feel loss, you do feel grief. So I do talk about that in the book as well, because it's a huge change to your whole life and not just you know, cooking at home, but eating out, parties. And it's really complicated because we're talking about crumbs making someone sick. My husband gets sick from crumbs. Um, so contamination, you know, all of that, you just have to completely change your fridge, your pantry, um, even, you know, having two toasters, having two dishes with butter in them, um, not sharing those kind of things where you might dip into. So, that's why I had to get this book written because I couldn't spend all that time going through all of those things when we had more important work to do. Um, but it's essential that you do it and you do it properly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, even some of those simple tips that you've just mentioned now, that's such a big change for a lot of people to adjust, a lot of people to adjust to. And can I ask, I mean, obviously, you know, you've, you know, you've got some really, um, personal experience with your husband having celiac disease and, and it, I'm sure you've attracted a lot of patients in that area. And can I ask what strategies you find most effective clinically when you're working with these patients? Yeah. So, you know, I definitely get them to read my book. So they have a full understanding of just how essential it is. Like there are no cheap days, you know, you can't just um, go, oh, I'll just have a little bit or I'll just have that sauce and not bother reading so my book does that part but then I'm always looking at them again like we all do holistically as a person um, so I really try and investigate things that brought them to to that condition and just look at really improving and optimizing their gut function and strategies for when they do get glutened as I you know as I call it and some other people call it that too um, but yeah when you come into contact with gluten most of the time it's accidentally um, whether it's someone cooked you something and they didn't realize that you know corn flour can contain gluten or you get contamination from eating out at a restaurant because you know we all want to still live and enjoy life so you're not always going to be able to only go to 100% gluten-free restaurants. So I work at promoting their digestive function, at healing the gut lining. So I will use specific probiotics that help to repair uh, the villi quicker because that's always going to be, you know, where all that inflammation and destruction is. Mm. Um, we're always doing gut healing and I also really talk to them about, you know, how the emotional aspect of getting this diagnosis affects their physical and gut health as well. Because, you know, I know even, uh, I think it's been nine years for my husband, there are times that, you know, the emotional part of being diagnosed with this for the rest of your life, it can still affect him. So we work on that aspect as well. 
I think that's a lovely, really holistic view to have. You know, I even like the fact that you talk about the fact that for a lot of patients, there's a grieving process because, as you say, it's such a massive shift in their life. Yeah, and it's it affects how you can socialise, at least initially, I think, when you're scared and, you know, mm. when you're not sure of what you can do to... Um, have that freedom again that's really what I want patients to have in any gut condition I treat um, I'm always looking to give them freedom um, expand their diet uh, you know as much as possible even after you've done something like the SIBO biphasic or a low FODMAP diet um, and for people with celiac disease just allowing them to kind of be able to eat out or socialize and have freedom again because I feel like you feel like you should just be stuck at home and you have to say no to everything. You have to say no to parties. You have to say no to going out to dinner. Um, so I'm always looking at how to give patients as much freedom as possible because with freedom comes joy and, you know, um, hope that you can be feel normal, be normal um, and enjoy life to its full potential. And that's such a positive message for patients. I love it. I mean, I love the idea that you can give patients enough information and enough tools that they can feel empowered to have joy and hope back in their lives. Yeah, that's exactly what they need. And to be honest, Danielle, I mean, one of the things that I'm really curious about is that in my experience, there is a really strong connection between the gut and emotions anyway. And, you know, these days there's so much research being published about the gut-brain axis and how the two things mm -hmm. are interconnected. Do you find in your experience working with patients with gluten sensitivities or celiac disease that there is an impact from that disorder on their mental, emotional, psychological health? Um, I definitely see it. It's, it's quite evident, I guess, in patients who are very good at following a gluten-free diet. And then if they have, you know, um, they get glutened, we quickly see how the emotional uh, well-being can change very quickly because, you know, if we've worked on their gut, their gut is healed, the tight junctions are closed. I always work on digestive capacity. Um, and if that is all going really well and then they get, um, you know, this huge inflammatory cascade in the gut and there's damage and there's opening of the tissue um, and there's no villi to absorb your nutrients properly for a while after that period, like that um, celiac, um, sorry, that glutened um, time, like when they were poisoned as such, um, their emotional health um, and the clarity of their thoughts is definitely affected. And it's some, it's a time that you really see it clearly because they were in remission, their gut was healed. And then there's this huge poison that come in, comes in and destroys the gut lining. So you really see it very quickly and it's just so clear. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, we know so much these days about how inflammation in the gut can cause inflammation in the body and, and inflammation in the brain. And I guess it's that neuroinflammation maybe that also contributes to that lack of clarity in thinking and that mm. you know, change in emotional well-being. Definitely. Now, one thing that you've mentioned a couple of times is this concept of patients getting glutened. And I love that term. I think it's really good. And could you give us maybe just one or two strategies that you advise patients on if they have been glutened? Like what's your emergency care recommendation yeah. look like? So um, rest, <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. rest and just give your body that chance to heal because you will, like I know with my husband, he can't eat for three days after. He can barely tolerate any fluid. Um, but I have like a recipe for rehydration fluid that I'll give my patients. I'll ask them to rest. 
I'll ask them to consume a diet that's very easy to process, digest and absorb. Mm -hmm. So smoothies, shakes, stews, slow cooked um, meats rather than, you know, a fried steak that could be quite <laughs> hard to break down. Um, and that's, you know, for a few weeks even following that glutened um, event. And then I'll support them with um, digestive enzymes. I'll use um, lactobacillus ruteri um, as well because I want to regrow those villi as quick as possible. And I'll definitely use, you know, glutamine and zinc, um, vitamin A, vitamin D, just to modulate the, the um, immune system, reduce inflammation in the gut and bring those tight junctions together as quick as possible. Um, I know we can't, you know, stop the gluten damaging the gut. That happens really, really quickly. But as we know, as practitioners, we can um, soothe and heal the gut. And that, of course, has to lead to their gut recovering quicker and being able to absorb nutrients, you know, as soon as possible. Because otherwise, if you don't do any of those interventions, um, endoscopies have shown that it can take 12 to 18 months from one event for the villi and the lining to recover without any intervention. Wow, 12 to 18 months. It's That's a long event. time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, I mean, I still think you're being very realistic in your expectations, even with all the treatment and the support, you're still telling people to follow this, you know, low reactive, easy to digest diet for quite a few weeks, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they just, they won't, they won't be absorbing, you know, what, like from hard foods to digest, they're just not going to be absorbing it. We want to make the job for the gut as easy as possible so they can get as much as possible out of their food so at least maybe their energy levels can recuperate quicker as well. I think that's a really, really nice set of recommendations and it's so holistic as well. And maybe one thing that we can do a bit more of a deep dive into is you've mentioned a couple of times that you use specific probiotics to help to reduce inflammation and repair the villi in the gut. Which mm -hmm. strains Which strains do you find most useful in a, in a clinical context? My two favourites are probably Lactobacillus plantarum 299V just to reduce inflammation um, and maybe help with bloating and gas if they've got it. But my go-to will be Elruteri DSM. 17938 and the reason for that is is one the number of clinical trials it's had um it's i find it you know no one complains about taking it even if they you know they don't need to swallow it they can chew it um kids love it and think that you know they would have more than one a day if they could <laughs> i reckon in one day if their mum let them um it helps with you know, constipation for one, which, you know, some people can get diarrhea from um, a celiac event, but, you know, there is a lot of constipation as well. Like if you have Crohn's disease, you know, everyone thinks it's always diarrhea, but I find a lot of people get so inflamed in their lining that they actually get blocked up. Mm -hmm. um, so I love it for that. And the effect that it has on the gut motility, and this is why I use it for, you know, celiac, Crohn's, SIBO, IBS, um, I just have to use it because all those conditions affect gut motility and you don't want a buildup of bacteria just because your gut motility is poor because that just complicates things um, further. I was concerned. I mean, that issue of constipation as well then, you know, increases the toxic burden in the body, which can mm -hmm. then create more inflammation. So, yeah, it is yeah. very important to, more to manage bloating, it. More pain, um, more gas, 
and it just doesn't give the gut chance to do the healing that it needs to do. Um, and just because, it, you know, the clinical trials have shown and you can look at slides of the villi of when you include L-ruteri, the, the growth of the villi back to normal is just, it's sped up and that's what you need to do. Like even in SIBO, there's a destruction of villi from the gases that are building up. Um, so in all those conditions, you need to do everything in your power to grow the villi back um, as quick as possible because that's going to get the guts to be intact as quick as possible and get them absorbing nutrients because with all these conditions, whether it's Crohn's, celiac disease and SIBO, you often find that those patients are really low in the basic nutrients. Yeah. So they often have, you know, low iron levels, B12 levels. That's just going to make them feel even worse. Um, and that's just things that you measure often with, um, you know, normal GP blood tests. But imagine all the things that we're not measuring that they're all like, if they're low in iron and B12, they're going to be low in other stuff. You can't just go, you know, that's what the blood tests show us. It's easy to do. You know, they can get it through their doctor, but there's all these other things they're not absorbing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the long-term consequences of a lot of those nutrient deficiencies, even mm. if they're just marginally deficient, can be really quite serious. Exactly. And I have to say, I mean, it's, it's one of the things for me that really gives me a lot of hope for patients with these kind of conditions and is one of the reasons I love the, the Lactobacillus ruteri DSM-17938 as well, is that you are actually repairing the damage that gluten is doing. You know, it's not just like, oh, it's inevitable that your gut's going to get damaged. We've actually yeah. got tools at our disposal that can repair a lot of that damage. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, you did mention briefly as well, Danielle, that, you know, you find um, kids really like taking that lactobacillus ruteri. And I'm wondering, what do you do specifically if you see children that have these issues with gluten? Yeah, so I do see kids with that, also with lots of constipation. I find kids have... Um, tend to be constipated and more than even parents realise because there's a lot of symptoms of constipation that they're just not thinking are constipation. Mm. And kids tend to retain a lot of stool even with like in conditions like celiac disease and um, Crohn's disease. Um, and so using L-ruteri just helps to move that along. Um, and I'm always with children, you need to use stuff like supplements that are easy to get into them and that you're not even going to have a fight about. <laughs> you know, I always use um, formulas that kids are going to take and take willingly because they need to be actively involved in this if it's going to work long term. Um, and the same with kids. I will always, you know, always give some gut healing formulas, um, the specific probiotics that we've discussed, and also I'll use homotoxicology as well because, Again, as you know, that's just so easy to give to kids and they think they're lollies. So, you know, if kids think they're getting something really good out of this, um, then I think you'll always get kids on board quicker. And I do talk to kids about, you know, their condition and I use my fingers as a villi um, and I use my hands to do a lot of explaining to kids about what's actually going on inside of them because, you know, even if they're three, you can explain you know, some of these concepts to them in a very easy to understand way so that you've got them happy to do what, what you want them to do. And kids respond super, super quick, I find, to things like the Lactobacillus ruteri DSM-17938. Um, and they come back and actually want to keep doing it 
because they do feel better. Yeah, and I think, you know, I love your point that really the key for kids and to be honest, I think for a lot of adult patients as well is education. The more informed they are, the Mm -hmm. more empowered they feel and often the more they feel like they can take control of their health as well. Exactly, yeah. You have to have them on board. Otherwise, you're going to have a patient who takes their supplements and does the dietary and the lifestyle things you ask some of the time and the other time it's just sitting there on the bench. They're not going for walks. They're not slowing down their eating. They're not concentrating on chewing. You need to explain why you're actually wanting them to do that because then it makes sense to someone and every time they do it, they're actually concentrating, oh, I'm chewing more so that my food breaks down to smaller pieces so my enzymes can act on it and then I'm going to get less bloating, you know, gas and pain further down because my food is actually breaking down. Um, I think them just visualising that helps them to be compliant and helps them every time they do it, I think they get a benefit because they're visualising what I told them. Yeah, and look, I think that's such a wonderful positive message. And I have to say thank you so much, Danielle, for your time today. I think we've got some really, really great hints and tips in there from practitioners to take on board. Oh, you're so welcome, Roberta. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk to you for another five hours, but um, <laughs> that will be, we can do it again, you know, another time. But yeah, thank you for having me on because this is, you know, a, a topic that I just love with so much passion and I'm so lucky that I get to talk to people about every day. That's great. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you to those of you who tuned in. We hope you found our discussion today interesting and useful. Tune in next time to hear more great health science news from us here at Biopractica. continue the conversation or to find out more about Biopractica, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica, empowering healthcare professionals.